0: I just love the the threads of what God is weaving through through the message, through the like the the worship time we had, through what uh, Teresh shared, and um, even even through what Michelle prayed, um, I thought that was that was really amazing because it's a you know you, you actually quoted from a, a verse that I'm going to be getting into today without knowing. So it's like you know oh, the Lord's speaking to us. <laughs> And I think, man, if the Lord's speaking to us, then we should, we should pay attention, because if the God of the universe says something, then, why well, you go, oh, what's, what are you saying? What are you saying, God? Don't want to really rush, rush on from that. So, Lord, thank you. Oh, thank you for your, for your presence, Lord. Thank you for your, uh, your incredible kindness, your, your incredible goodness, and, and your love towards us that you would, you would present yourself in our, in our midst, in our congregation that you would speak to us, that you would invite us into your family, Lord, that you um, you made the way that we could become your children, children of God, that you, that you reveal your love to us, and, and, at the, and at the same time, you reveal things in our, in our lives, our, our sins, and, uh, and the things that hold us back from actually walking in the fullness of life that you promised for us. I thank you for that. Thank you for your kindness that leads us to repentance. But thank you that when we, uh, like as we did, we, we take the bread and the, and the wine and we come to the cross and we know that all of our sins are washed away. That we that we, stand, we can stand with confidence uh, before you, Jesus. We say thank you, God. Holy Spirit, would you just continue moving here? Continue having your way, God. Continue uh, settling on people with the, 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 uh, the presence um, that they might feel in terms of like peace, peace upon people, Father. Continue break, breaking, uh, breaking chains, Lord. This morning, thank you, God, that we might walk in freedom and life in you, Jesus. We thank you, God. Um, yes, He's so good to us, and um, I'm going to just start with a, with a couple of scriptures that have really been on been on my heart, like for the last couple of weeks, and then I'm going to, you know, come back to um, the the message that that I feel the Lord is. Uh, again put on put on my heart, but the, the first the first scripture it comes from Joel two verse twenty five and it says, "I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten the hopper, the destroyer, the cutter, the great army which I sent among you and I, and I feel like this this is like a promise this is a promise of the Lord, I have to feel it, this is a promise of the Lord in Joel, but I feel like this is a this is something that we can we can hold on to for ourselves We're like, okay Lord, um, it feels like like um, the locust or whatever it is has has, has robbed me or has robbed us uh, in, in our lives, but you're leading us into restoration, you're restoring us, and uh, and I learned last week that um, a Hebrew understanding of restoration is not is not so that it's as good as good as new. You know, like not to restore it to its original condition, but actually to restore it to better than its original condition. Isn't that cool? So, um, so you know, you might be here and you go, oh man, my, I've, I've made all these mistakes in my life, or, um, you know, I've, I've missed what God has for me, but I feel like there's a promise here this morning that no, the Lord is going is restoring us. He's restoring you to better than before, better than before. So, yeah, take that. Um, um, and what, oh, the other one is this one. that comes from uh, Deuteronomy 29.29. Uh, that's easy to remember. Deuteronomy 29.29. And it says, The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever that we may do the words of this law. Isn't that, it's a really, really, Great promise to hold on to. The secret things belong to the Lord. So we, we can, can we keep asking him for his secrets. But the things that are revealed belong to us. We can hold on to those and they and to our children forever. So for our children, our children's children. But also thinking of us, that like we are descendants uh, of, our, of our parents, of our great-grandparents and so on. And we can trace it all the way back to to these guys, you know, to Father Abraham. Like we're grafted in to the family of God. And so even the, even what's in the scriptures is what's revealed to us and we hold on to that, um, it belongs to us. I love that. like it belongs to us. So thank you God for those promises. and I'm sure that you're going to continue unpacking it uh, in, in our lives and as we kind of dig into your, dig into your word this morning. I can't remember what date it was, but uh, it's been, I think, a couple of months since we began opening up Exodus and journeying really slowly through through the book of Exodus. And uh, when so, just as a bit of background, I sort of, I just felt like the Lord kind of putting on my heart to to go and go into Exodus, and all I really had was that. Um, uh he's drawing us drawing us close. he wants us to be people of his presence to draw close to his presence and do whatever it takes to draw close to his presence that uh, like the Israelites God's chosen people uh being taken out of slavery uh going into the wilderness to meet with God and to become a people of his presence that's all that's all really that I had and um and so, as we as we journey, it really is a journey because you kind of like open up the scriptures, and we see what is God revealing to us as we travel through travel through this. And so, it's been really, really cool. I think um, what God has been speaking to us over the last few last few week uh, last few weeks, few months, two months, I think. And I think we've we've uh, almost finished up with the with the burning bush, chapter three. Um, But we're going to make a bit more progress over the next couple of weeks. So today, uh, we'll sort of be really focused on um, what Exodus is most well known for, which is the plagues, the plagues, and also next week. And and, um, and again, like this, today I'm sort of going to introduce it, but then I think also going into it more next week. God's chosen people. So hold on to that. God's chosen people. We are chosen by God, journeying to be a people of his presence, with God himself dwelling in our midst. Um, because like we're all drawn to this. God is God is love, God is truth. From him, Scripture says, comes every good and perfect gift. And in his presence there is fullness of joy. So who doesn't want that, eh? Who doesn't want that? We all want that. We all want truth in this world of like relative truth. We want absolute truth, please. We want, we want to know love. We want to know perfect love. We want every good and perfect gift. I mean, that's one of my primary love languages, just putting it out there. I love gifts. Um, <laughs> and in his presence is fullness of joy, and that's, what, that's, really, uh, that's really what we want. So, And so as we kind of, you know, you've got to understand that a journey towards God's presence is a journey towards every good thing that you can imagine, like freedom. Uh, freedom from freedom from fear, which is what we were going for before. Freedom from fear, freedom into love, like to know that you're loved, and to begin sort of operating and functioning out of that. It just reminds me, actually, I said before that that scripture, um, "No longer slave to fear, a child of God." I think I said that it comes from Romans. Got that wrong. Looked it up, Galatians. There you go. <laughs> I, I repent of that uh, mistake, but yeah. So God, God's presence is where it's at. Really, seriously, where it's at. With letting go of everything that we need to to get into it. But guess what? Guess what? Someone what exactly? Someone doesn't want us to to go to go into that place. Someone doesn't want us to be liberated from slavery. Someone doesn't want uh, someone doesn't want us to encounter God. Someone doesn't want us to worship God doesn't want us drawing close to his presence. Could like it or not like it, (laughs) like it or not. We are in a a spiritual battle. It's a battle of uh, light versus darkness, of truth versus lies, of peace versus fear, of clarity versus confusion, of freedom versus bondage, of life versus death. Someone doesn't want us free. The Bible is so clear that uh, the enemy of God is also our enemy. We're talking about the one who whispered into Eve's ear at the you know the dawn of creation, who whispered in Eve's ear, "Can you really trust God? Is He really good? Do you really want to put your life in His hands? Is is He is He is He good towards you, or is He holding something back? You know, that's the enemy. What the enemy says, and so the battle." The battle was really about who are we going to worship? Who are we going to worship? Who, who are we going to worship with our whole lives? Because we talked about it so many times in this church, that worship um, worship includes the songs we sing, but worship is all of our lives, like placing all of our lives in, in trust and in submission to God, believing that He is good, that He is faithful, that He is worthy of our entire lives, of service towards Him. That's what the battle is. Who will we serve with our, with our life? Who will we serve with our entire life? We're going to come back to Exodus, but uh, first of all, um, this is kind of going to be our bookmarks this morning, uh, is going to be in Ephesians. The trick for finding Ephesians is to go God's electric power company. So God, Galatians, electric, Ephesians. So find that, Ephesians chapter 2. <laughs> I'm just going to, read, I'm going to read it, the whole, this, Ephesians chapter 2, 1 to 10. <clears throat> and you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. Fantastic passage, eh? Fantastic passage. But we sort of like see this contrast through it. Before, we were under the control of the, of the prince, uh, the prince of the air, the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that's now at work in the sons of disobedience, like uh, the, the spirit that's at work in the world. It's quite, quite confronting at the same time. We were once there. But now, now we are seated with God in heavenly places. We're children of God, seated with God in heavenly places. You might think, I'm seated here, level two, 147 Thorn and Key, on some pretty scruffy chairs, to be honest. But guess what? <laughs> you are, we are seated in heavenly places. If there's only one thing that you walk away with this morning, I really hope it's that. I'm seated with God in heavenly places. I'm seated with God in heavenly places. No matter what's going on. You can be at work. You can be at work in the most horrible of meetings where people let us be in horrible. And you can sit there going, I'm seated with God in the heavenly places. Utterly transformational. We'll come back to that. So worship. Worship is warfare. Worship is the battleground. Who are you going to worship? I uh, I love playing in the worship band. <laughs> I love worship leading, and um, i can 't wait to get back into it in a few weeks' time, but my, my introduction to playing in the worship band was at, um, was at Elam Church in Wellington uh, a long, long time ago. I was fifteen, I think fourteen years old, and uh, they would have uh, in at Elam at that time they had uh, what they called spiritual warfare nights, and so I was invited into that as a bass player, and spiritual warfare nights were, <laughs> were pumping. And uh, I don't know, some of you might have been sort of uh, at church during during that time, but we would sing songs like, I'm going up to the high places, I'm going up to the high places, I'm going up to the high places, I'm going to tear the devil's kingdom down. Songs like that, like really sort of like real confrontational, real battle-driven songs. And, uh, and it was... It was you know, it was it was quite a lot of fun. I mean, I was really just there to, to play bass. I wanted to play bass in the band, but um, but there was this quite uh, quite cool, quite amazing dynamic going on. And um, and I'm not sure if it was sort of just in that stream of churches, or if it was sort of a wider and wider and sort of wider church. But there was an understanding that we are in a battle, but we we are victorious in Christ. And and I sort of do wonder that in in our um, Maybe in our context that we sort of forget that quite a lot. We forget, and we kind of go, "Oh, um, yeah, I believe in the spiritual world, but but really, it's um, that doesn't really affect me too much." Or, um, you know, just a, just a, a sort of like self reflection question you might think about is, you know, if you if you're sick or someone in your family sick, what's the first thing you do? Like typically, you know, just I mean, for me, not, the first thing I do is is not necessarily to pray and ask for healing, but to Google it and see, and see if it's cancer or not. You know, um, <laughs> it almost always is. <laughs> 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 Seriously, oh, Doctor Google, don't do it. Um, and so it's, it's, it's the first thing we go to. Like, this is the first thing we go to. But, but the, sort of the, the, the scriptures and the biblical understanding is there's a, there's a spiritual, spiritual dynamic at work. And, and yes, like um, medicine is all good. Like, there's this, there's this amazing scripture where, where the apostle Paul tells his um, uh, disciple Timothy to have some wine to settle his sore stomach. <laughs> Ancient medicine was interesting, right? Yeah, God saw Tommy drink some wine. Ah, uh, yeah. I don't know if that's going to do what you want it to. But, but he knew. Anyway, so, but at the same time, like, we we obviously, like, you read the scriptures, like, over and over again. Pe- people being healed of sickness and disease. People going to Jesus and Jesus healing them. Like, this is a spiritual thing, spiritual uh, thing going on. Anyway, <laughs> well, I'm completely off track already. Um... Worship is warfare. So back to those spiritual warfare nights. They, they, were, on, they were on to something. Worship is warfare. Worship is warfare. The enemy doesn't want us to worship God. And there is such a battle around worship. It's a battleground. I mean, like put up your hands if there was, a, there was a, like challenges even getting to church this morning. I mean, there was for me. Anyone else? Not many. Man, you guys are all super awesome. <laughs> those kind of rhetorical questions are always risky, aren't they? But... <laughs> But you know what I mean? There's often a, there's often a challenge, and you, and you, don't you find it yourself when you come to even like sing these songs, like sort of that battle that kind of goes on in your thinking? Oh, oh, like I don't know what it is. Like um, you know there might be a distraction or something else that you're thinking about. That it might be oh, what, you know what is the person next to me thinking? They're going to think I'm silly if I like start waving my hands around in the air. I don't want to be a holy roller or whatever it is. What if I clap my hands? You know, like th- things like that. There's I mean, we know that this is, like I said before, this is not all of worship, but it is an important part of worship. And, uh, and there's a battle, there's even a battle around that. It's incredible. And so you can kind of come to that and go, man, this is a battle. And I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm a child of God, and so I'm going to win this battle. And, uh, and you go, go for it. It sort of just changes how, how you're thinking. Back to Exodus. So that was sort of like setting a bit of the context, right? We're in a spiritual battle. Got it? We're in a spiritual battle. But you're children of God, and you're seated with God in the heavenly places. Okay, so back back to Exodus. Right, so what was I going to say here? Exodus chapter 3. I said before we'd finished off at chapter 3, but I got a bit more, a bit more from chapter 3. Because chapter 3 is is like this massive... uh, uh, what is it? It's sort of like God giving the instructions to Moses, and it really sets the scene for the entire book of Exodus. God makes these uh, promises and prophet, and you know speaks to speaks to Moses and tells him everything that's going to going to happen. Uh, I don't think I need to say it again, but Moses is at the burning bush encountering the Lord here, and God's giving him his his instructions. So if we pick up the story, so the Exodus, so maybe if you keep one finger if you can in, in Ephesians, and then and then, uh, and then we're going back to be back in Exodus. Exodus 3, 18. And thank you, Lord, for what you're doing this morning. Thank you. I even believe, Lord, that right now you're, you're breaking chains. You're speaking truth into our lives, God. So come, Holy Spirit. All right, 18. He says, You... Speaking to Moses, you and the elders of Israel shall go to the king of Egypt and say to him, the Lord, the God of the Hebrews has met with us. And now please let us go three days journey into the wilderness that we may sacrifice to the Lord, our God. But I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go and is compelled by a mighty hand. So I will stretch out my hand and strike Egypt with all the wonders that I will do in it. After that, he will let you go. And I'll give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. And when you go, you shall not go empty, but each woman shall ask of your neighbor and any woman who lives in her house for, ju- for silver and gold jewelry and for clothing. Who wants some of that? <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> not just the woman, man. Um, I want some of that too. Go to my neighbor. I quite like your car. Um <laughs> or your silver and gold jewelry, or your clothing, I like your sneakers. You shall put them on your sons and daughters. That's what they did. So they asked for the, you know, the clothing and sneakers and everything. Put them on your sons and daughters, so you shall plunder the Egyptians. So let's, starting at, let's start at the end, right? You plunder the Egyptians. God uh, did this, and the, uh, and the favor was on the Israelites. The Egyptians were so keen for them to get out of Egypt that they, uh, that they sort of like passed on all of their goods to them. And it really equipped them, it, it equipped the Israelites for what they were then going to do. I mean, these were slaves. What did they have? I think they had, they had sheep. They had, they had flocks. Um, but what well, I said they have, maybe they didn't have much money. After this, they were loaded. They'd plundered the Egyptians. But the, but coming back to that beginning of that passage... Um, the instruction to Moses was to say, to say to Pharaoh, the Lord, the God of our Hebrews has met with us and now please let us go three days journey into the wilderness that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. Basically, let my people go, let this people go that we might serve God, worship God, serve, serving God is worshiping God, making sacrifices to God is worshiping God. Let us go that we might worship God. And then of course, what God said would happen, did happen, did happen. The king of Egypt will not let you, let you go. So I want to jump forward and read that. This is in, the, now we're going to chapter 5. I told you we were going to cover some ground today. Chapter 5, beginning at verse 1. Afterward, Moses and Aaron went and said to Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, let my people go, that they may, that they may hold a feast to me in the wilderness. My Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord that I should obey his voice and let Israel go? I do not know the Lord, and moreover, I will not let Israel go. Then they said, The God of the Hebrews has met with us. Please let us go three days' journey into the wilderness, that we may sacrifice the Lord our God, lest he fall upon us with pestilence or with the sword. But the king of Egypt said, Moses and Aaron, why do you take your, take your people away from their work? Get back to your burdens. So what's about to take place here is a a spiritual battle, and it doesn't involve the Israelites like rising up as a population, uh, you know, physically trying to take control. And you think actually they probably could have, you know, the the scriptures said that there was six hundred thousand men left, six hundred thousand male Israelites left uh, left Egypt, and estimates are that there might have been like two and a half million israelites in egypt at that time that's a lot of people so you think in the in the natural in the physical perhaps they could have come together and fought against the egyptians and got the physical victory but god had a different plan for them and so they so they were actually like you know they they had a broken spirit this is what i talked about a couple of weeks ago so so that wasn't going to happen this is a spiritual battle it doesn't involve the israelites physically fighting the Egyptians. They would be set free physically. They walk out of that place. But first, the power of the evil spiritual realm had to be broken. The confidence of the Egyptians and the power of their gods was shattered by what took place in the plagues. And, re- and it starts out with, this, with, with laying down the challenge, a bit like a grown-ups version of, my dad is stronger than your dad, eh? Who, who kind of did that at primary school? My dad is stronger than your dad. My big brother's stronger than your big brother. <laughs> my big brother was, yeah. <laughs> Except in this case, it's my God. My God is stronger than your gods. And they, 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 they draw these battle lines, like throwing down the gauntlet right in front of them. Okay, so we're going to skip forward two more chapters. All right, keeping up. So chapter seven, I'm going to read you some more. So once again, Moses is speaking with the Lord. Like Pharaoh did not like his request, you know, let my people go. And Pharaoh's like, nah, forget about it. I don't know your God. Get back to work. The Lord said to Moses, see, I have made you like God to Pharaoh and your brother Aaron shall be your prophet. The Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I stretch out my hand against Egypt and bring out the people of Israel from among them. Moses and Aaron did so. They did just as the Lord commanded them. Now, Moses was 80 years old and Aaron 83 years old when they spoke to, spoke to Pharaoh. We keep going. It, just, it makes me laugh because I'm thinking about three, I'm three years younger than my brother. Two years, two and a half years. <laughs> Do you want to be my prophet, Nicholas? <laughs> <laughs> It is risky, eh? (laughs) Who's Pharaoh? (laughs) We could swap cars. (laughs) Then the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, when Pharaoh says to you, prove yourselves by working a miracle, then you shall say to Aaron, take your staff and cast it down before Pharaoh that it may become a, a serpent. So Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh, and they did just as the Lord commanded. Aaron cast down his staff before Pharaoh and his servants, and it became a serpent. Then Pharaoh summoned the wise men and the sorcerers, and they, and, and they the magicians of Egypt, also did the same by their secret arts. For each man cast down his staff, and they became servants, serpents. But Aaron's staff swallowed up their staffs. Still Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he would not listen to them, as the Lord had said. Okay, firstly, first verse. And the Lord said to Moses, See, I've made you like God to Pharaoh, and your brother Aaron shall be your prophet. This is significant. Ph- Pharaoh was regarded as divine. He saw himself as a God. And then God saying to Moses, No, I'm going to make you like God, capital G, right? I'm going to make you like God, and Pharaoh's going to be, I mean, Aaron's going to be like your prophet. Just remember that. Also, uh, significant, this, this phrase where it says, I will lay my hand on Egypt and bring my hosts, the people of children, out of Israel, out of land of Egypt by great acts of judgment. So, I mean, I grew up hearing these stories and I always kind of thought them as, saw them as sort of like, sort of arbitrary, really. Like, I mean, you might know some of them, right? Turning the river, of Nile into blood or loads and loads of frogs or uh, gnats, <laughs> boils, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know these things they just sort of sort of seem kind of random right but these are acts of judgment God's judgment is is perfect it's just what was going on was uh was not good in the in egypt it was not good and so god's coming to coming to judge them and to judge the gods third point staff into snakes right it's, it, i mean like you can just... it's it's pretty clear. Like you throw down your stick in front of, in front of someone, and it turns into a snake. And then they do the same. But then your snake eats their snake. Like it's 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 a challenge, isn't it? It's going my. <laughs> 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 oh my goodness! <laughs> As I was preparing this, my mind was holy, you know. <laughs> I'm sorry, God. <laughs> I need to take communion again. <laughs> okay, so I won't say that. But, but but you get the point, eh? And then Aaron's snake swallows the other snake's whole. Like there's heaps, there's heaps going, heaps going into, heaps going on here. But but just for now, like it's kind of going. Okay, like this is the challenge, eh? Whose God is going to be the greatest in this battle? It's a confrontation of, of gods. That's a you know. It sounds, it kind of sounds ridiculous. Like the god, the creator of the whole universe, as if really there can be a confrontation with him. Oh, we you know, it's it's not a fair fight, basically. Oh man, yes, half past, half past eleven. I thought this might happen. Uh, so so next week we're going we're going to go through we're going to go through the plagues. And we're going to see how, how each plague was, was significant and a, and a significant challenge against the gods of, um, of Egypt. But, but my sense for this morning was really that God wanted to lay, lay a foundation and almost to prepare us because like the Israelites, we are in a, we are in a spiritual battle and we've got, actually got to take it seriously, got to take it seriously for our, for our lives. Just, I mean, for, for uh, thinking of for our personal circumstances, uh, you know, our family, Like the last two weeks have just been chaotic, just so nuts, <laughs> so nuts, so much like sickness and disruption. I'm like, God, what is going on? And then just felt like, you know, it's a spiritual battle. So, so, okay, we've got kind of a bit of a we've kind of got a bit of a groundwork, and already throughout the service, we're children of God. We're children of God. We're seated with God in the heavenly places. We are no longer slaves to fear. So now we're going to come back to Ephesians, God's electric power company. We were in in chapter 2, and I think we're going to come back to that. But I want to start at at the final chapter. Chapter 6. Paul says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. He says, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers, over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. I wrote about this in the CV News on Friday. Like, if you just had that verse, like you'd be, you'd be shaking in your boots. Like... That's too scary. I'm I'm wrestling against cosmic powers. I can't even see them. (laughs) I'm meant to wrestle against them. But don't worry. Like, we're no longer slaves to fear. And and Paul kind of gives the instructions. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm, which is what we want. What we want, we want to be able to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, Put it on the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. Thanks, Michelle, for praying for that for me. Put on shoes for your feet, having the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish the flaming darts of the evil one. Put on the helmet of salvation, and take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, right? The word of God bookmarks again, all over the ground. Take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for the saints. Like, like it sounds so cheesy. It sounds so so Sunday school thing. But actually, actually doing this as as a practice is incre- is Is great. <laughs> I have to wear a tight belt because my, my pants fall down, but I, but I can really like picture it. putting on the belt of truth, holding everything together with the truth, which comes from the scriptures, right. Uh, putting on the breastplate of righteousness. one of the things that the enemy will do well, he'll try to introduce like, doubts and insecurities in our lives that says we are not, we're not worthy to come into the presence of God. Or we're, you know, we're not, child, we're not children of God, but no, we put on the breastplate of righteousness. We robe ourselves in Jesus' righteousness. We put on the shoes of the gospel of peace. It's readiness that comes from the from peace. Because who knows that when, you, when, you, when your shoes have got fear, when you, you know, when you've got fear coming up from your feet, you're not going to go anywhere. Peace. I love peace. One of my favorite, favorite feelings. Um, Taking up the shield of faith, yes, I'm taking up the shield of faith. Putting on the helmet of salvation, again, like one of the massive area of of attack in our lives is actually in our minds, our thoughts, and so like actually picturing, putting on a helmet of salvation is, it's sort of, uh, is is great for um, protecting us. And then finally taking up the sword of the Spirit, and it's not enough to kind of like just, you know, (laughs) like what I'm doing, like waving a Bible around. It's it's actually knowing what's what's in here. <laughs> it's a sort of the spirit. It's not sort of like uh, pages with words on it. It's actually knowing what's in there. Yeah, yeah. And this is something that my uh, dad has been so uh, good uh, uh, in my life, like teaching me, teaching me this. I, I I've told the story before how. Um, uh, Growing up, uh, especially in my university years, I'd I'd be you know sort of filled with fear. I mean, I still still have uh, days of fear, but um, they would sort of remind me of the of these scriptures, and almost like they almost got got hammered into me. And these become like like sword, like daggers of the spirit. Little children, you are from God, and have overcome them. For He who is in you is greater than He who is in the world. He who is in you, little children, (laughs) and big children. Capital Vineyard Church. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. 1 John 4.4. 4. Memorize that. 2 Timothy 1, seven. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. God gave us a spirit not of fear. Not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Hebrews 13.5-6. to I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? These are just a few, like these sword of the spirit scriptures. We take them up. And and like I was saying before, Ephesians, Ephesians 2 says we're seated with God in heavenly places. Wherever we are, seated with God in heavenly places. This actually really has massive implications for how we live our lives, right? How would you speak if you had an awareness that you're seated with God in heavenly places? What would be coming out of your mouth? What would be the words that come out of your mouth? Oh, I'm seated with God in heavenly places. How would you treat other people? Seated with God in heavenly places. But, but even in a sense of like a, the, the, like a spiritual battle. I'm seated with God in heavenly places and greater is he who is in me than he that is in the world. <laughs> that is powerful stuff. Isn't that, isn't that powerful stuff? Great is he who is in me, and I am seated in the heavenly places. And, and just one final point to wrap this all up. It doesn't wrap it all up actually at all, but spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare, doing the good works. So, you know, in Ephesians 2. It says, "For we are as workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them." Doing the good works is is warfare. It's warfare. Uh, treating treating the people that are, are around us with love and respect. It doesn't it doesn't seem like warfare, but it is. It's like the little things that we do. Doing the good works that God has has prepared for us to do beforehand. Living, like in terrorist, you talked about this, like living, living holy lives. The devil doesn't want that. <laughs> because like holiness is freedom. Holiness is fullness of life in, in God. All right? Warfare. There's a, there's a battle around, there can be a battle around all, the, all these kinds of things. Walking in confidence. Yeah, there's a battle around uh, our, our confidence that, of who we are. But imagine, like even just imagine the things that you would do if if you knew within you know the deepest part of your spirit that you're seated with God in heavenly places at all times. No longer a slave of fear. Like, like all these things, they, they kind of turn our attention towards who God is. God is the one who with his little finger liberated the Israelites from slavery in Egypt. They didn't do anything. What did they do? Oh, they did do one thing. They slaughtered a lamb and painted their doorpost with his blood, and it's the same for us, right? Same for us. We we come. Our battle belongs to the Lord. It's in, it's in Christ Jesus that we we are safe and we are saved. We we. It's almost like we paint ourselves. <laughs> this is getting too graphic, isn't it? Paint ourselves with his blood. It, it sounds uh, it sounds really strange, but. But it felt like to me that even, even this week, um, knowing what I was going to be talking about this morning, that there was even there was even a battle around that, like the enemy deck. She didn't want me to be talking about this this morning. And so I think, oh, well, I got two options, eh? I can either kind of be intimidated by that, or I can go, oh, what does this mean? This means that we're stepping into something, something good, and like something that got like the promises of God for us as a, as a church. Is it, what have you got in store for us Lord what is the ground, what is the ground that you're calling us to take you know, how, what can we do to, to participate in the, in the advancing uh, kingdom of God it's very powerful that's very powerful stuff and I, lo- I love it how it's, it's almost like we've, we've almost already had ministry time this morning haven't we like in worship almost like the god god has been doing a work and he's been doing this work in our, in our midst and really sort of like changing things but um but I, but I feel like there's more and uh and as i was driving in i uh, just uh, w- w- just wanted to um to make, put the invitation out to pray for healing once again for people again praying for healing for people is a spiritual battle uh, you think about the battle that it is for, uh, and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but there's a battle even to come forward and receive prayer. Um, but when someone, when someone is healed, that's like the hand of God at work, right? A, re- a revelation of, of his kingdom, a manifestation of the kingdom of God at work. So there's a battle around that. So I think, oh, okay, let's go for it then. <laughs> I'm a sucker. <laughs> so why do you stand? Do you feel encouraged? Does anybody feel encouraged? Yeah. Have I pumped you up a little bit? <laughs> pumped myself up. <laughs> I could do anything. Lord Jesus, thank you that you are the, you're the risen and victorious king. You conquered death. You conquered sin. You took it all that punishment upon yourself. Not so that we might be slaves of fear, but so that we might be children of God, sons and daughters, walking in the fullness of, of freedom and peace And joy of life in you, God. So we come back into that place, Lord. A sanctuary within you. You're the one that even fights our battles. And our safety is in you. Our security is in you. Covered by the blood of the Lamb. Seated with you in the heavenly places. Even now. Your spirit. At work, even within our lives, even now, God, thank you, Jesus. If you, if you want, uh, if there's something that you want prayer for for healing this morning, then please come, please come forward. If there's something that's like bugging you and you're going, this today, I'm, I've had enough of this. I want to be free from this. It can be can be small. I, I thought that today would be a good day to go go for colds, or it could be big. It could be something that we we prayed for people for, you know, like, like a couple of weeks ago and uh, like those big things you're like nah I'm still not there then I think let's do it let's um, (laughs) let's do that so don't be shy just come, come forward or you might even want to stand in the gap for somebody else someone in your family's suffering and you're like I've had enough of that had enough of their suffering and I'm going to stand in the gap for them the Lord is in this place